Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of Every Game of Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Joe Jennings, here with Brandon Harewood. Michael Tilly will be back soon, trust us. Next episode, we're, we're awaiting his grand appearance. But uh, how you doing tonight, buddy? Doing good, man. Um, Steelers knocked off the GOAT, so... Uh, oh, my God. Got my jersey on. Ravens lost to the Giants. Yes. <laughs> the tables have turned. Yes, we don't know how to keep a lead. We just apparently don't. We should be six and zero. We literally do not care about football at this point. I, I don't know what to say. Um, it was a good weekend of football. The Sunday night game was actually really good. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought it was going to be a blowout real quick by halftime. I was like, oh, this is not looking good. Yeah, Cowboys defense stayed really solid uh, the whole second half. So uh, that was a good game last night. I enjoyed myself. Uh, even the Bills Chiefs game was really good. It's really what I expected, honestly. I expected maybe a few more points, but it was overall good. Sucky day for betting, I guess. It was off, terrible. Off every single bet. Oh I can't, my god! I can't remember the last time that's happened to me. Like I've actually been doing good. Lost every single bet. Ah, missed a twenty-five legger by three legs. That's cool, I guess. But uh, yeah, as always, gonna go ahead and get into our beginning episode of the week for you guys, which is gonna consist of our players of the weeks, overperformers, underperformers our waiver wire pickups of the week, and, of course, we will hit on injuries and news to tap on uh, at what has happened after Sunday. And obviously, we don't have any injury, I mean, news for Monday night, so enjoy the game. And we hope you enjoy the game after you've seen this. So we're going to jump right into it. Wait, wait, before we, before we get into it, who do you have tonight, Chargers or Broncos? For sure, the Chargers. Give me the Chargers, and I'll give you – and I'll give you three. I'm still confident. Yeah. I'll give you three. Chargers minus three. Yes, I will take the charge minus three. Literally be okay with that. I don't yeah. know what side you're on, but I'm assuming you're not going to pick the Broncos. I'm a Chargers guy, yeah. So there we go. Um, but maybe. Um, I believe the game is in Denver, so. Of course, this might be the week they finally get it together for some odd reason. Who knows? But here we go. Uh, yeah, let's hop right into it. Um, Yes, this was a big piece of news. Right now, Hollywood Brown is still being determined. He might have a season-ending ending injury. And right now he is out indefinitely, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Um, it says due to left foot injury, he was wearing a walking boot. And initial initial x-rays came back negative. They said he's getting a second opinion. When you're getting a second opinion, usually that's not a good injury because that means every doctor can tell you a different time frame, in my personal opinion. But yeah, worst case – He's probably going to miss at least six weeks, six to eight weeks. So, is he a drop for you at this point? Or even yeah. though he's a five, man, I'm so sad for he literally was playing so well. Exactly. It's tough because, so, I mean, where are we at? Week six now. We just finished week six. So, that would probably put him around week 12, week 13. So, that's like right before playoffs. And who knows what type of condition he'll be in by the time he gets off that injury. So, it is sad to say he may be a drop candidate. I mean, They'll probably put him on IR, so you'll be able to just hold him in your IR spot. So you probably won't have to drop him, but you definitely have to prepare not to have him. So what if probably. you don't have an IR spot? Yeah, I mean, I guess you have to drop him because especially if you don't have an IR spot, every roster spot, in my opinion, is is just so valuable, especially if you're one of those teams who don't – who are on the upper half as far as standings. Uh, you probably have to move on, but – 
just wait and see for right now and see what the news is. He is getting that second opinion. So hopefully it is positive. But uh, yeah, this is sad. So the obvious question. Well, first off, we always do this. <clears throat> Get well soon. Hope everything recovery is well. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I want to see Hollywood back before the end of the season. I want to see him play again. So hopefully that goes well for him. You know, uh, prayers out to Hollywood. But the obvious question or statement that needs to be approached. Where are we at with Hawkins? He's first legs. Hasn't yeah. played <laughs> Now the number one who would have been his number two is now no longer there. So he's basically clear cut the number, the only thing again. And does this raise any value for Zach Ertz? Um, yeah, I definitely think it just helps everyone else in the offense. Um, honestly, I would feel like Hopkins would just hop right into that Hollywood Brown role. <laughs> like you said earlier, right now Hollywood Brown is wide receiver five. So I mean, he's he's hopping into a position where you know, there was a wide receiver five, and the, it's proven that the number one target for Kyler Murray will be productive. So definitely a good sign for him. Um, it's also opens up a lot of targets for Zach Ertz, like you mentioned. Um, another piece of news that we, we will mention is that they did bring in Robbie Anderson. Don't know how involved he'll be early on, but, I mean, we know he does have a lot of talent as well. So who knows how he'll mess up the, the target share there. So it, it's definitely interesting. Um, a lot going on in Arizona. Yeah, um, that would be our next piece of news: Robbie Anderson being traded from the Carolina Panthers to the Arizona Cardinals um, this afternoon. I didn't think he would just be traded that quick, but let's be honest: Robbie Anderson got kicked out the game by Steve Wilkes in terms, yeah, AB style. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Robbie Anderson let him have it. I'm not going to say what Robbie Anderson said, but he let him have it, and it's pretty clear Robbie's time in Carolina was coming up anyway. Either he was going to be. It's going to be his last year there, or they can get something from it. So they chose to get something out of it. Robbie has a lot of the same mold as what Hollywood is. He's like not saying they're the same player whatsoever, but speed-wise, a lot of speed, a lot of downfield threat. Don't know if he's as good of a route runner as Hollywood, in my personal opinion, but is he worth? I was about to say, is this better for him? This is better for him, right? Yeah, way better. So I'm saying he's wide receiver 71, but what do you – yeah, I don't know what role he's coming into, um, or I don't even know how they'll value him on a team. Like, is he above AJ Green automatically? Is he above Rondell Moore? Where does he fall in the depth chart? I think it's more of a wait and see. But I think talent wise, he's a really good receiver, and he's probably on the same level as as a Rondell Moore. And in my opinion, I feel like he's better than AJ Green right now. So it's gonna definitely mix things up. So. Yeah, I would add him if he's on your – if you have a free spot with uh, – you just want to take a shot, <laughs> I would pick him up. Like I said, I like what Ertz has been doing this year, so continue to ride Ertz if you still have him. I mean, exactly. like, it's pretty much changed because now he's still the number two, basically. So everything kind of seems good there. Wouldn't go crazy and trade for him, but you can get him in a package and I'll get him. So, yeah, moving into our final piece of news for this Monday night. Camp running back Cam Akers is actively well. He's requested a trade, as far as I've been have been reading and have found out. And the Rams are actively trying to trade Cam Akers. Um, this and, is and Sean, he was a healthy scratch. That was the crazy part as well. Yeah, coach head coach Shami Bailey said, "Yeah, Cam Akers probably won't play again as a Ram." Which is what happened. This is a guy who got thirty carries after tearing his Achilles in the playoffs, <sighs> and now he's. Never going to be a part of the team again. That's 
I don't know what happened, dude. What's happened? It all it started, but I remember week one, he he barely got any snap percentage. And it seemed like he worked his way back up to the RB1 kind of role on the team, but he hasn't done anything with it. So I don't know if he hasn't been trying or if he's just bad. So it was like I mean, I just I we'll see what happens when he gets somewhere fresh. My problem mm-hmm. is everybody was always banking on acres off that rookie upside. And not saying he can't be what we think he is gonna be, but when you get traded and you basically only have one year worth of tape, yeah. It's kind of hard to go right to a situation and be the guy. We're not saying he can't be one of the guys, but he's not going to be the guy. He's going to be maybe a one-two punch. But even right now, like, I don't know where I would see Cam Akers going because how high does each team value him? Because when's the last time he really looked amazing? So, for me, I guess I'm just looking at it as – I'm not even going to sit here and name trade destinations, but I don't know where I would like to see him go. Unless you have somewhere, I don't really have anything to say out loud. I mean, you, you wouldn't like to see him in that that purple uh, Baltimore jersey. No, 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 <laughs> no. I love Cam. Stay away. No, stay, bro. Gus Edwards will be back in a few weeks. Like, no, don't do that. What about uh, Miami? They already have too many backs for me. And it's like. Okay, he might be the number two or three. It's just like nowhere sounds super great right now. Yeah. I guess we just have to wait to where he gets traded and then see exactly see exactly where he is. So, so where, where are you at with Daryl Henderson now that um, Cam Akers is out of the equation? I mean, but if you look at it, even Henderson has been great without Akers if you look at his whole career. I guess last week was just kind of disappointing. I mean, he still put up 12 points and he scored a touchdown, but very, very inefficient running the ball. Didn't get a lot of targets. The Didn't offense is trash. Yeah, it seems like they haven't really been able to run the ball this entire season. So I don't know how much value he has. He's probably just a touchdown or bus guy, honestly. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe things get better. Maybe the offense picks up, but it's just not looking good as a whole. So I wouldn't trade for him or anything of that sort. So, yeah, there you go. And we're going to go ahead and get into our players of the week. Tilly's player of the week was Mr. Matt Ryan. I don't know if we'll ever see Matt Ryan score this high again in his rest of his career, to be completely honest with you. Um, yeah, this was a great week by Matt Ryan. Looking at it, I guess he's he's never rosterable anyway. Hold up, hold up. He, he threw the ball 58 times? Literally 60 times. <laughs> I'm just now seeing his stats. Oh, my gosh. 389 yards, three touchdowns. But, yeah, 58 times. Passing the ball is insane. I don't think he'd ever do that again the rest of his career. 58 is just insane. I'm sorry. So, he is the player of the week. I agree with Tilly, man. If you, by some chance, in some wild league, started Matt Ryan, he probably won you a week. He was the top five quarterback this week. I'm not going to see him drag it. I just don't think it'll happen again, but he still happens to be the player of the week. He had a really good week. You think he's worth an ad? I mean, I'm looking at his schedule coming up. He has a lot of good matchups. Tennessee, Washington. New England's kind of mixy, but then the, he's going against the Raiders after that. Do you see him as a possible ad with the amount of um, bye weeks going on right now, or do you think you just can can stay away? Man, there's no way you pick him up and say with any type. Of- <laughs> I'd rather start Russ. I'm sorry, like yeah, um, but I just can't get into the Matt Ryan thing. And it was a good week by him. That's all it was, and that's all I look at it as. So yeah. I wanted to take much more than that. 
Well, let's get to yours. Finally, we've been waiting on this. Yes, yes, yes. My guy, Jamar Chase, wide receiver, star wide receiver <laughs> for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and this was just a great get right game for Chase. Um, he's been kind of mid for a majority of the season. He was the number one wide receiver of the week this week against the Saints. And I honestly, I was a little nervous coming into his matchup because he would be matched up with Lattimore, but it really didn't really matter much. He had 10 targets, seven receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown or two touchdowns. Um, so he ended with 28.7 points and half point PPR. Uh, so Jamar Chase is currently number six receiver on the year. Joe Burrow's number five quarterback on the season as well. My question for you, Joe, is is the Bengals offense back? Can you trust these guys? Can you trust starting Jamar Chase? I mean, of course, you're starting them every every given week, but do you feel like they're getting back to their kind of playoff run last year, or do you think this was just an outlier game? Probably in between. I I don't think they're consistently back yet until I see it like multiple weeks in a row. But I'm looking at Jamar Chase's thing, and the targets have always been there every week. That hasn't been a problem. Um, Only problem is he had three games under double digits and three games over double digits, so it's just been a real headache. Yeah. But if you look at these matchups, he has a top 20 matchup rest of the season versus every single person he plays except New England and Buffalo. Like, this whole schedule is green if you're looking at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Green B. No, literally, like, if you – I've never never seen a schedule like this in a while. Like, that's actually all – like, look at his whole schedule from start to finish. That is all green except three. So, basically, essentially to y'all, what that means when it's green is that means he probably has a matchup with a team that's ranked in the top 12 to 10 worst each week. So, based off where they are right now. And right now, I don't know. I still would buy – not saying you can buy low, but I still think you can buy low. I, yeah. I would buy him if I could, if I were you. I just don't know how much you're willing to give up or what your team situation is. But, man, seven receptions, 132 yards. This is basically the best he's looked since week one when he had 10 for 129 in a tud. Yeah, this it, that Bengals offense actually looked like itself for the most part last week and looked a little bit normal. But I just think we have to realize the O-line is not going to be great at any point this season. Just live with it or don't live with it. But it's not going to be great. You either just have to live with Bengals per you have and trust them or don't. But – yeah, I, I'm happy with the week he had. This is the first week I actually felt like he was back being himself other than week one. So this looked really good uh, for me. Yeah, my biggest thing is I would try to buy low on him. If you can yeah. still buy low, that's the biggest thing I can take away from it. I just think the matchups are so amazing and all the opportunity is there. Yeah, and I guess I'll keep it the same. I didn't realize this, so I'll keep another bingo going. Oh, my, yeah. My player of the week is Mr. Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. So we have the quarterback. I didn't realize that until after I just looked at it. But we have the quarterback wide receiver duo. Joe Burrow finished with his highest outing of the season, 32.5 fantasy points, 37 attempts, 28 completions, 300 yards, and three touchdowns. And when you look at that, 25 rushing yards in the touchdown. So um, I'm not expecting that every week. <laughs> but uh, he's actually been running a little bit more if you actually look at his games. Though. And I figured this would happen a little bit more after the ACL. We, th- we all talked about this. He would run a little bit more after that ACL injury. Yeah. And this is the first second 300 yard game. Of the, and is it a coincidence? Like this basically was just about one of his best games since week one or two as well. So, yeah, I mean, that was just the same 300 yards, three touchdowns. I feel like that was the borough we left off with. I just need everybody to realize. I feel like everybody is more so built, even though Jamar Chase was going crazy last year. And T Higgins had to be everybody was more so like fantasizing about the playoff run 
their regular season was not that great. Like it was all right. They just had it was just the last few weeks of the regular season. And that's what I'm saying. Like Jamar Chase was great all season, but the offense was not great all season. So yeah, that's how I look at it. But right now, Joe Burrow is QB five. Um, he's been very consistent. I mean, he's at 18, 16 and a half, 23, 20, 17, 32. He's never killed you. Just never really won you a week besides this past week. Yeah, and maybe in week three when he had 23. Oh, I'm a big believer. Once that quarterback reaches the 21, 22 range, that's, yeah. they're, they're they're probably ahead of the other quarterback they're playing most of the time. So, yeah, but uh, let's go ahead and get into our overperformance of the week. Tilly's is Mr. King and Drake of my Baltimore Ravens, and I completely <laughs> agree. He looked good, man. He did look good, and it's nothing against him. It's just watching the game, he had 10 carries for 119 yards. Sustaining 12 yards per carry is not possible. And everybody knows that. Like, he had 10 carries for 119 yards, one touchdown. Even at a catch for eight yards. But my thing, he put up 19 points on a 58% snap percentage. That's just so low to put up 19 points. But he was efficient with his touches. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But how do you feel, I guess, in consideration if you keep looking at him? Does this make you feel like Dobbins is still not completely healthy? Because Dobbins only has seven. I was about to say, I'm looking at Dobbins' stats right now. I mean, his snap percentage has been dropping every single week since week four, 50%, 40%. This past week, Dobbins only played 27% of snaps. So it's really set the point now where Kenyon Drake is playing more than J.K. Dobbins. So definitely concerned about Dobbins. He may have rushed his way back too soon, and he's paying the consequence right now. So either that or they're just not liking what they're seeing from him. So I don't know what's going on with Dobbins. I mean, at this point, I mean, is it fair to drop Dobbins and pick up King and Drake? Or how do you feel about that? I don't know. It's like I don't want any of them right now. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> because what happens in two or three weeks when Gus Edwards is back? It's real ugly. That's my problem. It's like Gus might end up actually being the best out of the bunch. And we've seen when they both are on the field, J.K. is more explosive, but Gus is still probably more consistent from a down-to-down player. He's way, He's probably the most consistent back we have. Yeah. He's a touchdown machine, so hey, I don't know. I guess you just you just drop all Ravens running backs in. JK you, is the one you hold JK. Yeah, JK is the one I would keep because you just don't know what's gonna happen five to six weeks from now. Yeah. But if you can afford to keep him to keep him, if you can't, then I, I would drop him without hesitation if you can't afford to keep him. There is also a, a little play on the fantasy app you can do is you can pick up Gus Edwards right now while he is on the pup or IR whatever he's on right now and you can put him in your IR spot until he does get healthy if you did want to hold him so especially in deeper leagues <laughs> but uh, that's really yeah that's really for deeper leagues but yeah if you're into that that's an option but yeah I'll go ahead and get into my overperformer of the week and it was running back Deion Jackson for the Indianapolis Colts um yeah, he basically filled in for Jonathan Taylor. He was the number one running back on the week. He played 67% of snaps. And he was decent on the ground. I mean, he had 12 carries, 42 yards, and a rushing touchdown. But where he really shined was in a receiving game. He had 10 targets, 10 catches, 79 receiving yards. Like, it was crazy. He basically led the team in, in receiving. Um, 23 fantasy points and half-point PPR. Didn't even play the full game. Um, he actually exited with a quad injury, so that is something to monitor. But he doesn't really have much long-term starter value. Jonathan Taylor should be back next week. And like I said, he did have a quad injury. And also, Naheem Hines was originally ahead of him, so 
he didn't play his past game as well. So is this a guy? I mean, from what I'm seeing, this is a guy that they trust if ja- if Jonathan Taylor does go down. So my so what I'm asking you, Joe, like, is he a must roster guy if you have Jonathan Taylor? Or is it Naeem Hines? Or what would you do with Deion Jackson? I would definitely roster Jackson over Hines if it's those three guys. Um, obviously, it would be JT Jackson and then Hines. It's just with Hines, he's never going to present enough carry value. And it's clear Deion Jackson can get just as involved in the passing game as Hines. So there's no point in particularly. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the quiet injury bothers me, but if John Taylor were to suffer a long-term injury, it's pretty clear Deion Jackson probably would be the guy going from this point forward. Literally, and he's a lock. Like he was literally number one running back on the week. The like, problem is, when do you keep him or drop him when JT comes back and Nahimans come back? Because Nahim will probably be back this week coming up, honestly. And JT, I'm assuming will be somewhat ready. If not, re- I think he'll play at least. Yeah. So I think he, he's a guy you could probably drop this week. <laughs> if I mean, if you feel like it, Deion Jackson. Yeah, unless you have a guy on IR, you can afford to keep him there. Then. It's tough to keep him because he's going to be a guy you want back every time when something happens to the running backs. He's going to be a guy that you don't want if the other two running backs are healthy. So, yeah, <laughs> kind of tough. I mean, a nasty handcuff. Yeah, at one point I was looking at his stats like, are you playing a receiver or a running back? Like, it was Bro, it was crazy. At one point I was like, Jesus. I'm like, Matt Ryan throws on the ball every other play. I'm like, but, hey, if he was to start right here, I am very shocked if you started him and you lost. Like, depending on the rest of your lineup, he should have been enough to carry even if you had one or two bad players. So, I love that. Uh, Shout out to the people who started Deion Jackson this week. Yeah, that was gussy. Yeah, it's gussy. Honestly. And <laughs> let's get to my old performer of the week. I didn't know we would bring up his name all year, to be completely honest, uh, in terms of one of these segments. But my old performer of the week is Juju Smith-Schuster of the Kansas City Chiefs. Currently, why was he 34 after that game? He had five targets, five catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Averaging 22.6 yards per catch. His knees finally woke up. I was about to say, this is the first second double-digit game he had all year, man. I don't – like, granted, a lot of it was due to that one super big play, and I'm not here to – that's part of fantasy football. I'm not here to take that away from anybody. That's literally part of fantasy football. But, yeah, I mean, wh- what more can I say? I, I don't think anybody expected you to get 113 on five catches in a touchdown. And, I mean, the targets have consistently been there, though. I mean, like, he's getting a good amount of targets. It's just – He is. I don't know where that came from, but a lot of it I'm just going to credit to the big play. And sometimes those big plays make it either your overperform or your underperformer, depending on what they do with those one or two plays. So, yeah, it's just a product of playing on the Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion. You're always going to have the potential to have a big play <laughs> or a touchdown. So it was good to yeah. see it. I mean, I'm not rostering him, training for him, or picking him up in any of the fashions. So, yeah, I mean, I really don't have a lot to say about him. If you started him, God bless you. That worked out for you, but I just don't know why you would have started him. So, yeah, we're going to get into our underperformers then. Let me go ahead and start out with Tilly's. Um, Tilly's underperformer of the week was Mike Evans on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, he had he was on the field 96% snap share. We met the steel curtain. The steel curtain got in his head. Okay. <laughs> Mind you, the steels were missing three or four out of their top four or five DBs. Which yeah. Which is a little confused, but – Hey, I mean, see, he put up 6.2 and half point PPR, four catches for 42 yards. It wasn't that that was bad. He caught every ball that was thrown to him. It's just, why only four targets? As they were the targets. Yeah, that, that bothers me. But 
this is not something I'm too concerned about going forward. Mike Evans still has a good schedule. He's Mike Evans. Yeah, it, it was uh, just a weird game. Yeah, he's a guy I'm never sure if I want to have or not, but I think he's a guy I still would trade for right now, probably. Definitely, yeah, definitely a good buy low candidate, in my opinion. And it was just a weird game for Tom Brady. Like, they didn't score their first touchdown until, like, the end of the fourth quarter, and it was just a field goal fest. So, yeah, definitely buy low on this opportunity. Um, but I'll get into my guy. <sighs> lost me, lost me my week in fantasy, but Jeff Wilson, man. Biggest surprise of the week, in my opinion. This is a guy we hyped up the entire week last week. He was like our consensus start of the week. He did absolutely nothing for your fantasy team this past week. Seven carries, 25 rushing yards. Had a fumble that basically canceled out all of his rushing yards and had no reception. So 0.5 fantasy points and half point PPR. First and foremost, the 49ers took an ugly ale to Atlanta Falcons as well. Ruined both of my parlays. Jeff Wilson got game scripted out of the game. So, Joe, are you worried about Jeff Wilson? Um, at all, or do you think this was just a rough game for the 49ers? I'm not worried about Jeff Wilson, it's but I figured at some point I didn't think the game would be this bad, but I knew he would have a game where we were like, whatever. But I didn't come think, on, bro. I didn't think it would be this bad, is what I'm saying. Well, do you start? Do you start him with confidence next week? He plays the Chiefs if he's still the number one guy, and for me, yes. There's no reason to just back up. I'm just not a big guy on backing out on guys after one week. Yeah. And it's not like the any other 49ers running back just do that good. Like, at least that would worry me if so. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was the whole, that wasn't the whole case. Like, and since that wasn't the case for me, it's like, well, why not? Why, why not start him again? I, I just don't see why. He's still in one of the most high run offenses in the league in terms of usage. He's still going to be the number one guy next week. Nothing's really going to change in terms of his role. He had a bad week. Deal with it. But you got to deal with the bad weeks as long as all the last three or four weeks when he's been good for you, you got to deal with them the same way. Exactly. So for me, that's my thing. But yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade for him or like not trade for him. It's just I would keep him where he is. If you have him, be happy with what you can get for right now. Not saying he won't be the guy when Mitchell comes back, but just be happy with what you can get and all that good stuff. But it was just a really disappointing week. I don't think anybody at all expected him to have this bad of a week because everybody thought he actually going to have a great week. He goose you. I thought his score was like eight to ten. Exactly. And he but, gave you a goose egg. Sent you on your way. Literally. And that, <laughs> if you started Jeff Wilson and won, God bless you. But you know that that's fantasy. And I, I, I appreciate your blessing. Oh, Lord. I can't believe you actually won. I started, yes, I started Jeff Wilson. Oh, Lord. Anyway. I'm going to get into my uh, underperformer of the week, and that would be Mr. Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. I started him, too. Well, the whole backfield stunk it up, but that makes y'all feel any better. But Aaron Jones had nine carries for 19 yards for 2.11 yards per carry. This is lowest of the year. Second lowest fantasy outing. Only 56% snap share. That was his lowest of the year. Is any oh, of I mean, he got a few targets and catches, but still, like, is any of that concerning lowest snap percentage of the year? And- I'm yes, I'm upset. I'm upset, and I don't think it's a, a thing where it's, I'm I'm worried about him losing his job. It's like I'm worried about this offense. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they were leaning on Aaron Jones a lot more than they have been 
this this season. I feel like that's where a lot of his upside that we were projecting was coming from is that they don't have any receivers, so they'll really lean on him in the receiving game. I mean, which they are. Four targets isn't bad. You're not mad at that. But nine carries in this type of matchup is definitely concerning. So I think you just got to – I think he has a lower floor than he's had in, in previous years. I think that's the issue here. Yeah. And his floor is clearly not the same, which we thought it would be. And this is like one of my favorite guys to get in um, mid to late round two, early round three. And honestly, he other, other than a 130-point game, yeah, he had an 11-point game. But there's been nothing like of significance to make you really feel like he was worth drafting where you drafted him. Yes, he's RB14. But this year is also feeling like last year. It's like the RBs are not that strong. Exactly. It's like you could be top 15. Like, he's had three – he's had one, two, three, four – how do you have four games on the double digits out of the first six weeks? So you only score double digits twice and you're a top 15 running back. That's that just doesn't happen. So are we just concerned for both running backs going forward or anything? Yeah. I mean, of course, with Aaron Jones, you know he has that that upside. I mean, like we mentioned, he did have a 30-point game, and we've seen trends like this happen from him before. I think last year was kind of like this. Um, so he's a guy that you have to play every week but you have to be prepared for those weeks where he gives you five points and <laughs> it hurts. So if you had him and, and Jeff Wilson, who who would you start next week? I think that's where he is. Like you could I, I, have, I, would, I would still, I would still start Aaron Jones just because his upside ability is still so insane compared to, Jeff Wilson's to me, like the yeah. Jones will literally give you thirty points. So just based off upside, I would still do it. But yeah, so um, we can go ahead and get into our waiver wire pickups of the week. Um, Tilly's is Dak Prescott. I agree with him. If you are not high on quarterback and he is not rostered a lot in whatever app you use, why not? Dak's probably going to be a top ten guy at worst, regardless of what happens. So I think that's a great pickup if he is available. Because in a lot of leagues, the average person probably just put. I'm not going to say average person because a lot of people don't put QBs on IR. But a lot of people probably still roster Dak in whatever form or fashion. So were you willing to pick up Dak? Or it depends on how bad your quarterback situation is. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely pick up Dak. I mean, one thing we've learned, the Cowboys are still a competitive team. And so I would like to have the quarterback on that that offense. I think he'll make things work and the offense is going to click when he gets back. So I'll go ahead and move on to my guy. Mine is Rondell Moore. Wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, um, and this is a guy. Uh, it's kind of a kind of an early grab, I feel like, in the waiver wire um, world right now. But he got off to a slow start this season. He dealt with a knee injury early in the season, sidelined him for three games. Um, so his first game that he came off an injury wasn't that good. Um, so I'll give him a pass for that. But these past two weeks, he's received eight targets and ten targets. Um, and his snap percentage has increased steadily. Um, he had 91% snap percentage two weeks ago. He had 99% this past week. Um, this also collides with the Hollywood Brown news. Um, so I feel like this also benefits him in a way because, I mean, he's already receiving eight and 10 targets. I mean, with Hollywood out of the equation now, I think that can pretty much stay the same. And I feel like this is a guy that Kyler Murray really trusts. Um, he's relied on even more with Hollywood out. And he's playing 99% of the snaps. So it's also fair to mention Deion. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins will be back, and they did add Robbie Anderson. Um, so it's going to be interesting how that affects his target share. But I believe 
in these next few weeks with the injury to Hollywood Brown, I think they're going to really rely on him a lot. He'll probably be the number two or number three target in the offense. And I mean, I think I'll, I'll take seven to 10 targets from Kyler Murray. I think something can work out with his ability. So I think he's a good, good pickup. Yeah. I like that pickup a lot. Um, Rondell Moore is definitely a guy I'll be aiming for. If you have a free spot, I don't know if I'll be urgent to get him. I wouldn't spend a lot of fab on him. Yeah. He's definitely a guy with a roster for sure. Yeah. So, like I said, if you got space for more, I definitely would pick him up or add him in some type of form or fashion. I don't know if you can afford to, but because I just don't think it's a super power, high priority spot. And until he shows me otherwise, I wouldn't be in a rush to get him. But I think he is a solid pickup. So, I'm going to go and get into my waiver wire pickup of the week and wrap things up. Um, my waiver wire pickup of the week is two people. It's either between, and I know he's still probably rostered in a lot of leagues, but in some leagues, he's probably been dropped by now. My first Ray Wire pickup of the week is Darnell Mooney. And I know it's tough to say, but things have been looking better lately. I mean, the target share the last four games has been 6, 5, 5, and 12. So, I mean, he's still leading the Bears in targets. The throws are there. It's simply just about how much you can make out of his opportunities, to be completely honest with you. There's not anything else, like, out of that. But And another guy, if he is still not rostering your league, is Michael Carter. He can now be the next best handcuff. Like, it brings all goes down Everybody's going to want Michael Carter. And depending on – I know he's rostered in a lot in some apps, and he's maybe not rostered as much as other. But that's, like, my shot if people are just, for some reason, leaving him there. That is definitely my shot to put in for your waiver wire would be those two guys. Um, well, I got an extra one. Alec Pierce, wide receiver for the Colts. Um, he's looked good these last three weeks. His snap percentage has gone up every week these last three weeks. Um, he's been a top 24 wide receiver the last two weeks, last three weeks, the last two weeks, he's been a top 18 receiver and Matt Ryan's throwing the ball 60 times now. So, I mean, he's, he's gotten double digits these past three weeks. I think in a PPR league, especially he's a flyer option. Um, if you're in one of those 12 man deep leagues. So yeah, Alex Pierce. For my 12 or 14 man listeners, but <laughs> yeah, thank you guys as always for tuning in. We uh, hope to have Tilly back next episode for you guys and get all three of us back here together. Um, thank you guys as always. Just show us some support in any way that you can, whether that's sharing on social media or, you know, however you think supporting is. So we appreciate that. And you can follow us on all social media at Podcast EGS. And you can find the link um, in our bios to all our episodes, to whichever episode you like to link to, our most recent, our first one, whatever. And we appreciate you guys. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>